Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday, Tuesday morning. Hmm? It took me a second. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru of Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or, of course, Brupolo over there in Tupelo. Be kind of weird if Brupolo was in, you know, Bentonia. Brutonia? It could it could become the uh, coffee capital of the world. It could, good. I don't know. But that's not Bentonia. That's Belzona. Belzona is the I'm catfish sorry. capital of the world, right? Bentonia is. Yeah, but, but Belzona is catfish. Yeah. Uh, Bentonia, no, I don't know that it's the capital of anything. To be honest, great city, nice people, home of former uh, MSU that, Bulldog Edward Williams. Is this Benton Benton Academy? Is that where Benton Academy is? Benton and Bentonia are two different cities. Okay, I believe. I should say cities. They're two different towns, two different areas. Wherever Yazoo you are, city. Yeah, it's near Yazoo, around Yazoo County. Yeah. Are you uh, sure that's the? I'm pretty sure that's I, where Benton Academy is. It's, it's in that area. Benton. There used to be Benton High School and Bentonia High School, and they consolidated to form Yazoo County High School. Okay. So. It's pretty sad that we don't. We're not up to date on this. Well, it's, you know why I used to. Why I know that is it, we used to play Benton and Bentonia in football. Yeah. And then we started playing Yazoo County. We used to play Benton Academy a lot. Yeah. So I think Benton Academy still exists, right? It does. All right. Great that's where talk. Ben Beck was from. That's correct. Shout out to Ben Beckwith, friend of the show. Yep. All that to say, wherever you are, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com if you're not in Starkville or Tupelo, and you can get Strange Brew delivered right to your door, including the super awesome and new K-Cups. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find anywhere else. Just not anywhere else, just because nobody else has the selection that College Corner does. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starville's best Mexican restaurant. It's a different Mexican restaurant than you've ever been to before. They've got tacos like you've never seen before because they have Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Fried chicken, catfish, cheeseburgers, stuff you expect to find at your Mississippi restaurants but turned into taco form. You can't beat it. This weekend, looks like the weather's starting to warm up. Maybe time to head over to the Humble Taco, sit out on the patio, enjoy a margarita, enjoy some tacos that you can't get anywhere else. Only at Humble Taco. We got some positive response yesterday, Robbie, to Firehouse Subs as Patrick Swayze. Yes. And it reminded me of one of my favorite scenes in the movie Point Break, where uh, Gary Busey and Johnny, Johnny and uh, Keanu Reeves are, are on the stake. It's like, that... I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. that. Firehouse Subs has the best meatball sandwich I've ever had. Give me two. <laughs> Falk, give me two. 
So there were some responses to that. Yeah, I got, I, I had some uh, some feedback, and they were it was positive. I, I never saw any of this. Don't, they just directed it towards sometimes you. Sometimes things come to me, and I have to pass them along. You know. Okay. All right, just you know, you you're like Silvio. All right, you don't get all the information. Yeah, exactly. I wish I wish we had a camera. That was a pretty good <laughs> Silvio facial impression. You know, I'm a, I'm Tony. <sighs> what was he doing there with the gabagool? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Tony. <laughs> Tom. Tom. Anyway, we say all that to say this: download the Firehouse Subs app, and you can enjoy the Patrick Swayze of subs. At Firehouse Subs. All right, then. All right. We're going to that make that a, work. That me, was an ordeal. Me and Warchild, we're headed to uh, to uh, Firehouse Subs later. All right. We've got a lot to talk about today. Got some women's basketball, uh, which is news, by the way. Of my friends out there who are listening, they're going to report everything I, to, that, to, uh, to Riley Nelson, whatever I'm saying. Here, here you go. Uh, we got some football stuff a little later in the uh, show, but we will start with baseball. The question I have is this. And it's a question maybe MSU fans don't want answered. They don't want to know. It's sort of like the magic of Christmas. Over the last five years, Mississippi State and Ole Miss have both been good baseball programs. State has had higher highs. They've been to the College World Series three times. They've won a national title. But Ole Miss has been good. They just haven't gotten to that next step. They haven't been able to get back to Omaha since 14. They haven't won the national title. Good B-plus player. That's a good little spot for them. Good little spot. Get to a super regional. Yeah, and choke it away. But regardless, I mean, all jokes aside, they're a good program. They have plenty of support. They've had great players come through there. But Mississippi State has... What did did Mike Bianco say at that time about... Who was that? Ross Mitchell or somebody? I don't remember. He's a good little player. Did he say that? Yeah, or something like that. Oh my gosh, whatever. Long story short. There was somebody he said that about. Like, he's a good little player. First off, Mike Bianco shouldn't call anybody little. That's true. State has dominated this series since 2016. State lost, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, 2015, the last game of the series, State was up like six, seven runs yeah, and they blew, blew it. it. Yeah. Since that time, they've only lost three times to Ole Miss. They've never lost a Governor's Cup. They've won That's the correct. last four. And they have not lost in Oxford since that day. The last two series in Oxford, 17 and 19, both Mississippi State sweeps. I mean, this this is this is if this was happening in football, by the way, somebody would there'd be mass suicide. Oh gosh! If if somebody won five straight egg bowls, and imagine I mean winning five straight egg bowls would be enough, right? But if, imagine if your team was good every year of that. Imagine if State every year went or Ole Miss every year went into the egg bowl at like nine and two, and and and, and by that same token, the other team is is around nine and two, and every year you lost. Yeah, you'd go insane. Yeah. Robbie, why has State dominated this series? I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes there's there's a, a team or, you know, jersey or whatever that's just gotten into your head. You know, Mississippi State cannot beat LSU in Starville for whatever reason. And I, I don't know what that reason is for, yeah. other than the fact that I, I just think that it's just a, you're, you're pressing at this point. It's just It's just too much. And I think that's kind of where things are in Mississippi State. That you know, the the sixteen team uh, won that series, and then they won the the midweek. But that was a really good Mississippi State team. That was the SEC championship team for Mississippi State. Correct. The seventeen 
was kind of like a little fluky. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I don't want to diminish what they did, but you know, they had like a strikeout wild pitch. Yeah. Uh, Cole Gordon reached and a run scored. And, that, and, was, and just for the record, that Ole Miss team was not great. That's they weren't great. That was the first year of that top ranked recruiting class that had guys like Thomas Dillard and Greg Kessinger yeah. and uh, ooh, who's the other guy? The, the, the Kessinger was at short. The other guy was at second, right? Who am I thinking of? Oh, it's gonna drive me insane. Oh, I got the the thing right here though. Uh, I can't I can't even remember who was on that team. Keep talking though. Tate um, Blackman, Cole Zabowski. Who am I thinking of? Olnick. Olnick's on that Ryan team. Ryan Olnick. Olnick, yeah. Was Sykes Orvis on that team? No, he was gone by then. Okay. Ryan Olenick was was the guy that came after me and you on Twitter that day. Remember he that? He did. He that did because we were making times. fun of Matt Walner. Yeah. For Good times. Uh, for, he didn't get a hit. He didn't get a hit after he was talking about And pitching-wise, Will Etheridge is a freshman. Ryan Rollison's a freshman. Yeah. Dallas Wolfolk, James MacArthur. They had pitching. They had but, plenty but of But that team, if I'm correct, they didn't make the NCAA tournament. But the next year, you know. They State, were good. And State was not good when they played them. State was actually right. bad when they played them. Ole Miss won the West in 2018. Yeah, and State that was State was two and seven in the conference when they so played. So that Ole Miss. that was the year Rollison was first round draft pick. Got drafted in the middle of that game against Tennessee Tech. That's correct. And they ended up losing that game. Yeah. Um. And that team had no, that team. The people were talking Omaha with that team. Well, they finished. They didn't even make it out of their regional. They were 42 and. Uh, I guess they were forty and twelve going into the regional. They were the number four national seed. Yeah. Won their first two games and then lost the last two to Tennessee Tech. And Tennessee Tech was like pitching outfielders and stuff. They were. They were. That's the game uh, Joel Joel T. Coleman and I were listening to coming back from Florida State after State had just improbably won the Florida State <laughs> regional and Ole Miss, who's expected to go to Omaha, lost the regional. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. But Ole Miss came to Starkville that year. Twenty six and four. Yeah, they were. They, they had lost four games all year, and they lost two out of three in Starkville. And then, like you mentioned, a few weeks later, they would lose the uh, the Governor's Cup. Both two of those losses on Luke Hancock walk offs. Not Luke Hancock. Luke Alexander. Yes, Luke Alexander hit a home run walk off in, in the Sunday game yes. to win that series, uh-huh. and then he had the double mm-hmm. in, and, in and, Pearl. Yeah, so it's just I think that was kind of the turning point to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2017 was just kind of Ole Miss wasn't very good. 2016 State was really good. 2018 was I felt like the turning point for Mississippi State in the series where you're like, okay, that they're they're going to dominate this series for a little bit. It seems like because 19 State goes down to Oxford, mm-hmm. sweeps that, and that's that Again, was a pretty good, a, a good Ole, Ole Miss, Miss team. team. And then uh, of course last year Mississippi State wins that a really competitive series. That kind of played out like Ole Miss's season would play out beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug Nikhazy was really, really good on Saturday, but they were very beatable even on Friday with, with Gunnar Hoagland, who was kind of starting to tell off a little bit. You could kind of start to see him mm-hmm. uh, kind of getting into a little wear the game and tear. At Starkville was sort of his last good start. Yeah. But, you know, Christian McLeod pitched great in that ball game. State couldn't touch Nikhazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost threw a no-hitter in that game. And yeah. then they were really struggling against uh, Drew McDaniel. Is that who pitched that third one? McDaniel? I think oh, it was. was. Diamond? No, it was McDaniel. Okay, it was McDaniel. Diamond came in on Friday night right. and dropped the pop-up. That's the, right, that's right. So when McDaniel then, left the ball game, Well, they turned it over to Broadway, turned. who's their closer, who's a good pitcher. They, 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 somebody else he, pitched before that, like Jack Doherty or some, maybe, something like that. Maybe Broadway gave up the uh Yeah, triple. but he came in. That was a, I, I didn't think that was a good time to come in because that was when if you're going to get 
Broadway, you're going to get him early. And they brought him in, and like the bases were juiced, and you have the absolute worst guy coming up to the plate in Tanner Allen. Mm-hmm. And he had to groove a pitch in there, and, and you just knew Tanner out. Everybody in the stadium knew it was about to happen. But it's like after that game, you're starting to think – I think you're starting to think right now as an Ole Miss fan, are we ever going to beat them? And don't forget in the 19th season, Ole Miss finished the season very weak. They lost They lost all three to state. Then following that, that was the, the second-to-last series of the, uh, of the year. They lost in the midweek to Arkansas State, and then they lost – two out of three at Tennessee. And they went to the SEC tournament and had to play on the first day. Don't forget, there was a lot of smoke that Bianca was going to get fired then, but Ross Bjork takes the Texas A&M job. While we're in the press box, right? over. And then they make the run to the finals of the SEC tournament, and they end up making it, because there was a lot of, they're on the bubble then in 19. And then, you know, they they, get, they win their regional and they lose in the Super Regional to, uh, to Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, so I mean that that Arkansas series played out almost exactly like the Arizona series did. They really last year did. For they, them. they got they lost big. They won big. They lost big. And that's kind of like now, you know, that they're putting together these these really good rosters under Mike mm-hmm. Bianco, but it's like they the same can't. thing over and over. It really is. They can't get through a super regional. You know, they've had they've had some teams that are are way better than these teams. A lot of these teams that are going to Omaha and Mississippi State. You know, some of these state teams that are going to Omaha, even the thirteen team was not as good as some of those early to mid-2000 teams that Mike Bianco had or, you know, a couple years ago with Ryan Rollison, we talked about him in, in 18. That 13 team wasn't as good as some of those teams. Right. You know, that eight, the state's 18 team definitely wasn't as good no. as some of those teams. No. They, they have this stigma around them that they get to a Super Regional and they can't get through it. You know, they lost to yeah. Texas and won and they, they Miami. The, they have the same stigma. They just can't beat Mississippi State right now. That's right. For, so for so reason. everything keeps playing out like this for Mike Bianco, and I think that's why, you know, last year a lot of people were, were hoping he would go to LSU or mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think that might play into late well, in the season for him as well, and that's why this series is so big for them. Barring a huge turnaround, he's coaching his final games at Ole Miss. I, I just don't see any way around that. If you can't, if you can't get a host spot yeah. with this, with this yeah. offense that you and, brought and look, back, Lamonis would be in trouble too, but he won the national title last year. That's right, and he went to Omaha. He went to Omaha the year before that. First, so he's got credit in the bank that Bianco has. He's expended all his credit. Well, well, he's been. Lamonis went to Omaha in his first year, and he has now equaled Mike Bianco's. No, he's he's doubled him. Well, I'm talking about in his first year. Oh yeah, yeah. So in his first year, he's in Omaha. Mm -hmm. Mike Bianco has has to drive Ole Miss fans insane, and he's been coaching for over 20 years at Ole Miss, and he's had all these great, all these great players yeah they've invested all this money in this yeah. program and they're not getting it in return it's people think about rick stansbury at mississippi state sort of the victim of his own success yeah. this is 10 times worse in yeah the, in my opinion because state never really invested anything in basketball right they did i mean the hump has been the same for th- for four or five decades now yeah and you know stansbury won a lot of games and had more postseason because he went to the ncaa tournament you know i guess you know the, the omaha is the elite eight mm-hmm but Bianco, I mean, Ole Miss is when he he built that program from nothing. You know, State had some tradition; they had won five. He's he's their he's their Ron Polk. Yeah, without a, a monocle of what he what Ron Polk was able right. to accomplish. Right. So, the, I saw something that that interested me on Six Pack, and they said, you know, somebody was like, "You don't want Ole Miss to fire him because he can, he's he's sort of shown what his ceiling is, right?" 
But then there's another side person who said, no, you do, because they'll screw it up. Yeah, and, I, I, and I don't I know mean, who they're going to hire. Outside of Dan McDonald, who I don't, I don't know that he would take the job. There's, you know, he's pretty comfortable at Louisville, although I, I know that his situation there... A lot easier to win at Louisville than playing the SEC West. And there's always that talk with him and Lamonas that they don't want to play against each other. But well, you know, you never know. Ole Miss could throw him a Godfather offer, and you know. But once you get past him, who's the sure thing that you can get? Notice that Mississippi State didn't get a sure thing. Lamonas wasn't a sure thing. It's a lot more difficult to hire a great coach in college baseball than you think. And Schlossnagel just left. He's just now at Texas A and M. Yeah, you're gonna get Bohannon. Uh, I think. That's, that's, I think Cliff Godwin is a possibility. Possibility, but I mean they're not great this year. East Carolina. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't particularly scare I'll a lot of like people. East, Cliff Godwin is sort of like Joe Judge. If he hadn't coached at Ole Miss, nobody would want him. Yeah, it's just the fact he was there, and you yeah. know he recruited a lot of great players, and they just think. Yeah. But he he still has not done a lot there. I mean no, he hasn't. Not. He hasn't. He's a super regional, I think that's about. Yeah, it. he hadn't gone to Omaha. I don't think. No. 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 Um, you know, he's winning that conference, but I mean, that's yeah. not that great of a so accomplishment. This series, like we said, Ole Miss State hasn't lost to Ole Miss in an odd number year. This is no, it's, I guess it's an even number year. Yeah. Oh, it's because okay, it's because of la- the COVID thing screwed everything up. They they state state would have played at Ole Miss last year, but they, yes, okay. State hasn't lost in Oxford in two series, and in those those years where they've swept in Oxford, they've also gotten the Governor's Cup. So they're 8-0 in those years. Mm -hmm. These games feel wide open. I don't feel like I'm just telling you that State's going to dominate Ole Miss. That State's going to go up there and it's just going to be business as usual. Ole Miss is perfectly capable of winning these games. But it's got to be in the back of their mind, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. They're going to be – I feel like – there's going like, to be some press in this weekend. I feel like there's too much distraction around Ole Miss right now to take them. And, and you know they're going to be, you know, this is important to them not only because it's Mississippi State and they need to win a series against Mississippi State for they the first time. Series. That's what I'm saying. It's not only that, it's that they got to win. They've got so, to win games. Here's what's on Ole Miss's plate right now Mississippi State's coming in, who's dominated you for five years. You are 0-6 at home this year in the conference. You were swept by Tennessee and Alabama. You haven't won a home game yet. And you're hearing that all week. You're going to hear that all weekend. Bianco is in trouble. That's that's out there. And then you're talking about going from number one to not making the tournament. Yeah. That's a lot on your plate. That would be – And what happens if – That would be worse than Mississippi State in 08 when they – Well, not 08, 06, whenever they went to number one. I mean, they at least made the tournament. Yeah. They didn't make the SEC tournament, though. Right. So what happens at top of the first – Jaeger gets on. Jaeger gets a walk. James singles first and second. Hancock draws a walk. They're getting somebody up in the bullpen. They're getting somebody they're up in the bullpen. The that, that crowd is going to lose it right there. I feel like the it, the crowd is ready to turn up there at Ole Miss. Now, by that same token, they could come out there, get a one, two, three inning, put some runs on the board. Everybody settles in. This is definitely like I said. The history doesn't really mean anything when the game starts. That's right. But at the same time, you you know they're it doesn't mean anything for the players, but for the fans, if state gets up early, that they're gonna they're you're gonna hear some chatter. The Friday night game is the big Thursday. one. The Thursday night game is the big one. Yeah, um, whoever wins that's winning the series. Yeah, no I, question. And may sweep because I I feel like state's gonna have an edge on Sunday. You would think on Saturday you would think because I you know you you feel good about Cade Smith. But the, the the Thursday game, I think, is really big for them. Brandon Smith coming there. I was going to ask you, do you think State keeps the rotation yeah. the same? Yeah. 
I think so. Okay. I think you do. Uh, the good thing about Brandon Smith is you know he's going to come in there and, and, and pump it. Does it it's, worry you that you're, you're a little bit more of a, a hitter's part? Well, here's the deal with it. I'm t- I'll take those solo home runs if Ole Miss wants to hit them. Yeah. I'll take a solo home run from, from Gonzalez. keeps pumping this stat out. So against Alabama, they scored uh, 17 runs. Nine were on solo home runs. Yes. I mean, they just – uh, you'll take that you. state state hit two home runs on uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. lost the game. Yeah, you give up three solo home runs. So what? If you're walking guys, if you're putting guys on base and you give up a three run home run to Tim Elko, that's how you lose games. But if you're giving up, you know, if Gonzalez comes up there and hits a home run with two outs, so what? And that's that's not going to do that much damage. You don't want to you don't want to hit a batter. And then give up a, a you know a single to the right side or something, and then Gonzalez comes up there and drives one out of the yard. Yeah. So I mean that the big thing for Mississippi State this weekend, and they did a pretty good job of it, I thought, against Auburn, mm-hmm. of not putting guys on base. Yeah. You know, Cade Smith walked a few guys, but he didn't allow that to hurt him because he, he put a zero up every inning. Um, he he's one guy that that you shouldn't worry about, but the it's the bullpen it's the, when you get past the starters it's those guys that worry you you got to keep you got to keep the bullpen's involvement limited to like 9 outs oh you you got to get 7 innings a yeah, couple if, of these if, games if the starter comes out in the 4th state's not winning that game and, and that's throwing well, strikes unless they are just pounding the, the the other team yeah and that's throwing strikes man that's I agree. You, you start walking guys and that's a at least a four pitch at bat to that guy and then you got to battle out of the stretch to the next guy so uh, st- I mean, Brandon Smith, I think, is a, is a good guy for this series to kick this th- series off. But listen, State's bats have got to be better, too. Yeah. They have got to be able to take advantage of runners on base, and they've got to have a good approach. Don't get up there and start swinging for the fences. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a really interesting series. It's, I, it's interesting before we even get up there, though, because of State's dominance and yeah. how, how they've been able to do it. By the way, we didn't mention, by the way, four different coaches. Four different coaches. Four different Cohen, Canizero, Henderson, and Lamonis all have dominated Ole Miss. Yeah, you know that's that's. Did Canizero even lose a game? No, he's four zero. That's crazy. Yeah, he lost. He lost three to Southern, <laughs> and none to Ole Miss. Yeah, it's nuts. So, all right, let's move on into the second half of the show. Brought to you by friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Like I said, the weather is warming up this weekend, so throw some beef on the grill. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Whatever you're looking for for your family, a couple of steaks, some burgers, or maybe you want to put a brisket or a tri-tip out there on the smoker, man, beef is the way to go. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for recipes or more information about our beef producers here in the Magnolia State. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Here's what I've got to say to you, Robbie Falk. Yes. You still owe me a dinner. I'm waiting on you. Here's here's what's going to happen. We can't do it this week because I got a remote tomorrow or today as you're listening. And then Wednesday, I know you have uh, choir practice. That's right. And then you'll be in Oxford. I'm a choir Thursday. boy. And Thursday, you'll be in Oxford for baseball. Next Tuesday, we're going to dinner. I don't know if there's baseball or not. doesn't matter. You're skipping baseball. I don't know about that. Ah! And we're Does going it have to, to be dinner? Well, I mean, yeah, because I don't want to have to eat lunch, eat a big lunch. Like the kind of lunch, I'm gonna, the kind of tab I'm going to put on you. And then have to go do the show. I'll fall asleep. I'll pull a Denzel Kim DJ. <laughs> Just be like, hey, now, what do you think? That is, I'll be out. No. And we're okay. going to Two Brothers. So Two Brothers is your selection. That's where we're going. That's fine. 
That is your that is your final answer. That's my final answer. I mean, you can't go wrong there. I can't. That's why I want to go there. So, we'll see you there soon. You should make a two trip to Two Brothers very, very soon yourself. Next time you're in Starville, head over to the Cotton District for some smoked Southern soul food. <clears throat> it doesn't get any easier for businesses to say they offer great products and great service. Everybody says it. It's, it's like a cliche. Not everybody means it. They mean it at Advantage Business Systems, especially especially with the service part. When you're dealing with a, a big office supply chain, a big office supply company, it's a pain in the neck to get somebody on the phone, to get them there on, in a timely fashion. It just takes forever. Not with Advantage Business Systems. You talk to somebody here in the state of Mississippi, you call a 601 number, and they get out to you within 24 to 48 hours because your business can't afford to wait. So why don't you call Advantage Business Systems today and find out what kind of difference they can make for you. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Speaking of Ole Miss, Maya Taylor is headed to Ole Miss. So my question is, did you see that one coming? I did. You did because you reported it. But that being said, it's one thing to, okay, I heard that and now I get to report it. But when you heard it, were you surprised? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, you know, uh, it's a it's an SEC school. Mm-hmm. She wanted to stay inside the state of Mississippi. So there's only one other school inside the state of Mississippi that's in the SEC, and that's Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of – I had been getting I, – I, I kind of figured that it would probably be – you know, place like Jackson State, both of her parents played there, mm-hmm. and I, f- I felt like that would be a, a good fit. Ole Miss, Ole Miss did surprise me a little bit, though, just because of her loyalty to Mississippi State, and mm-hmm. but that just shows you, I think it's just the I don't think these kids really care about the rivalry nearly as much as fans do. That is a 100% true statement, and it also goes to show one, one thing I say a lot, right? Is if we woke up tomorrow and everybody had switched teams, you start cheering for the people you used to boot. Yes, you know if if tomorrow the football team switched, you would boo Will Rogers and cheer, and cheer Jackson Dart. Just as simple as that. It's in college and and really in the pros too. I mean, when Shaq left the Lakers, I didn't continue to cheer for Shaq. Yeah, stop you know? put. I mean, stop putting your loyalty in players. Your loyalty should be in the colors, in yeah. the jersey, in the helmet, not in the people who wear them. I'm a, the I'm same is play. true for employees of the university too. Yeah, you care about the university, not the coaches. That's right. So. I'm going to play both sides of the fence here. Okay. I can Devil's advocate. I completely understand Maya mm-hmm. and her decision. Sure. She put in the time here. Mm-hmm. She paid her dues. She redshirted her first year for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And 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 worked her way up and you had no doubt that she left everything on the court for Mississippi State during her time here. She did everything that she could for this university when she was here. She worked through three coaches. Didn't matter who they were. She put her head down. She did her job. They lost a ball game. She was in the interview room talking to the media after the game. Mm -hmm. She deserves everybody's respect for the time and effort that she put in for Mississippi State. Um, And and she did her job. I also understand people that are not happy with this. That are are saying at this point, you know, that I'm you know, I'm I'm not gonna pull for her. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I think we should I think people should be allowed to Well that's what being a fan is. Yeah. But with that said, nobody should be tweeting at her, t- calling her a traitor. Is that happening? 
Yeah, a couple people, but you know. Oh, I get the look, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the backlash would be a little worse than it was. I haven't seen. Most of the people I've seen have just been sad. Her pen, her pen tweet is still Mississippi State number one, by the way. Of course. Um, Maya's a bulldog. At the end of the day, she's a bulldog. And um, a lot of people are going to disagree with that because she has decided to now go to Ole Miss, but she has a degree in hand for Mississippi State, and I believe she has a master's degree as well. Um, this is home for her, and I understand that people are upset that she's decided to put on those colors. But like I said, I, I just don't think that she takes this rivalry um, as seriously as everybody else does. I agree. And I know, you know, there's some footage of her saying this is our state and stuff that you get caught up in that yeah. in a game she's friends with all those players on the team mm-hmm. it would upset people to know that some of these players actually like other players at Ole Miss mm-hmm. well I mean we just talked about baseball those yeah. guys play together all all summer long oh yeah know? they played together growing up their whole lives I mean remember a certain person who will remain nameless said that uh, some of the MSU players like told some Ole Miss players this, that, and the other at the SEC tournament, and Ethan Small called him out and was like, "I've known those guys my whole life." Who was that person, Brian? I, I, it, it, it's That's ir- okay. It's irrelevant. Okay, it's irrelevant. But you see what I'm saying? Like those guys, they know. Nobody each other. said any of that. Yeah, football. These guys go to camps together. You know, yeah. they all know each other. Now, when the game is on, there's in, the intensity, but the intensity comes from I know that guy. Yeah, it doesn't come from he goes to Ole Miss. It comes from I know that guy. I've played against him my whole life. I want to be competitive beat him. nature. It's a competitive thing. Yeah, but like I said, and you I, get some. I'm pretty sure Will Rogers doesn't like Ole Miss. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, th- there's certain people that I would I would say. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald. Oh, he don't him. like Ole Miss. No, no, no. You know, there, there's certain people that they get it. Yeah, they they understand the rivalry. They're they're greatly entrenched in the rivalry, but. All I'm saying is I understand Maya's decision and also understand why state fans are not going to be Absolutely. happy with this. Absolutely. Um, there's there's people that have grown up their entire lives and they've been told by their parents, we hate everything about Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. We hate everything about Ole Miss. People, have, people live with Ole Miss fans. People work with Ole Miss fans. That's just how it is. Yeah. Both of Maya's parents went to Jackson State. Yeah. They don't have any loyalty towards Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Exactly. You know, so they have loyalty to their child. And and I don't think there's anything as far as ill will from Maya here. She made her decision to play her final. That year. said, when she comes here next year, it's going to be like when Gary Irvin came back. I, yeah, I, I would be I would be willing to bet on that. And you know what? Every time she touches the ball, she's going to get booed. You know what? I have no problem with that. I, I think, don't either. I think that fans should be allowed to have that kind of home court environment and. I, I think that people around my should understand that too. That it's that's when you're the enemy, that's what happens. When you're on the opposing team, that's what happens. But I I've seen enough from Mississippi State fans yesterday to get that they respect what she did. Yeah, and a lot most of the most of what I saw was we appreciate you, my. We're going to cheer against you whenever you're playing Mississippi State, but thank you for your contributions. Yeah. And quite frankly, I thought that was nice. I thought that was nice to see because I, I really thought that it was going to be kind of a cesspool. Yeah. And there might be some There's circle some. of yeah. the internet where uh, bully four twenty sixty nine that guy says something 
you know derogatory yeah so i mean yeah Yeah. so there but that person um no offense to you bully for 2069 (laughs) if you're out there you are too uh, i mean i don't know if you said anything i'm not i'm not saying you specifically but those people that are doing that behind a fake name if you're if you're using that outlet to tell somebody that they're a piece Mm -hmm. of trash because they left your school stevens of the world that's correct yeah the Arthur Johnsons. Yes. Yeah. Those people that, that are doing that, using that opportunity to go after players, mm-hmm. they don't matter. There you go. So. All right. And well, you have to take that into consideration. You You're a parent or a player. Those people just, they don't really matter. The grand scheme, they're too scared to use the real name and they have to use that outlet to get their anger out. Exactly. To use a pillowcase instead. I hear you. All right, one last thing before we go, and we got a positional breakdown to do. Let's oh. talk about the special teams. Uh, I thought com- we were done. No, no, a complete remodel on special teams. Graduate transfer portal has been kind to Mississippi State. Graduate tra- the transfer portal has been kind to Mississippi State in terms of special teams. We got some breaking news over there. I I heard like the Twilight Zone music or something while we were. D- Hello, Robbie. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to time and space. Yeah. Robbie, we, we have so much to talk about. Um, <laughs> let's start with... Massimo! Massimo He is the new kicker for Mississippi State. George Georgopoulos, who I, I haven't heard his name pronounced differently yet, so we're still going with that. Mr. New Papa punter, Giorgio? Mr. Papa Giorgio, or Mr. Papadopoulos, whatever you want to call him. Uh, new punter. You saw Archer Trafford earlier today, and we got to see like two punts from Archer in the spring practice before they looked. Fantastic. They called everything off. The state is here's the thing. Leach, you know, he he made the comments last year about open competition and blah blah blah. He has gone out this year and found guys to get this job done because I think he realizes his the perception of Mike Leach would be a hell of a lot different if the state could have made some field goals last year. Yeah, no doubt. And I think punting, too. You know, a lot of people say, well, now I saw somebody comparing the two uh, punters, Archer Trafford and George, mm-hmm. um, comparing their, their average. Mm-hmm. It's not always about average yards per punt. You know, what do they do? If a guy punts the ball 60 yards, but a guy catches it and runs it back 20, what what was the purpose? Right. You know? Um, so how 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 long is that hang time? Is he yeah. is he allowing his coverage to get down the field and, and make sure that nobody is leaving that spot? Um, and I'm not saying Archer can't do that. I'm just saying that, that it's just that I didn't tell the whole story. Um, but I, you know, punting was significantly better than kicking. Kicking was kind of an issue for Mississippi State. Not kind of. It was very much an issue for them last year. And uh, that was the focus of the off season. Uh, people were upset. Some people were upset that you aren't. Uh, saving those scholarships for safeties and things like that. But special teams is just as important as a, a safety, you know. It, it, it costs people games. Mm-hmm. You're actually the, – the, that's where points are scored. Hidden yardage is the term. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you give up field position, that's how you give up touchdowns. Yeah. When teams start – you know, what is the average touchdowns per drive – starting on the 25 versus the 35. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's a huge difference. So, Leach... Missing field goals. The Arkansas game was specifically lost because of field goals yeah. this year. No, no question about Memphis that. Memphis game, you could argue. Yeah, for sure. Um, LSU. LSU. You, it would have at least been tied. Yeah. So, I mean, that that is a... That's the difference for Mississippi State in at least eight wins in the regular season. 
and six. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a big deal. That's a better bowl game. Yeah. That's a sugar bowl. Just, just beating Arkansas, and you're not in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, you're where you're probably where they were. You're probably in Florida and in the Citrus Bowl or something like that. Yeah, and you win eight games, go into the the Egg Bowl with eight wins. Yeah, uh, that's a sugar bowl possibility. If you, if you had won that game, you might have gone to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, but so you have to be sound in special teams. Yeah. That's how teams um, lose ball games, and not only. You know, a ball game or two, but it'll snowball your season if you don't have good special 100%. teams. One hundred percent. And to me, like a blow, a busted play on defense, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, on offense, you drop a pass, it happens. Special teams mistakes are so frustrating for for whatever reason, and it feels like they're killer. I would love to know the percentage of of games won or lost when you score a special teams touchdown. No, no, state. It's like walking year, a batter. It really two outs. St- state last year was one and zero when they scored on special teams. Yeah, that was the North Carolina State game. When you give up a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown, it's a backbreaker because you just you just can't do anything with that. It, it, it just it kills your momentum. It's not something that you take into consideration you can't game when you come plan in. For it. Yeah. yeah, so you, you can expect to to give up a touchdown pass or two, but when it, when you give up a punt return, mm-hmm. touchdown, or kick return. It throws everything off kilter, and you're off schedule, and that's that's where state's trying to be better this year. They were they were pretty good in the uh, punt and kick return game, uh, so you, you know you have some legitimate returners, especially guys like Tula Griffin. Now you just got to fix the kicking situation, and I, I think they did that with Massimo. We'll see the punting situation. I think Archer is a solid punter, mm-hmm. so you, you know what you got there, mm-hmm. and we'll see what George yeah. does. And then speaking of the return game, it does look like that Tulu Griffin's going to be given the opportunity as a punt returner. I, I Again, going back to last season, what did I say? Got to get the ball into his ball hands in his as hand. much as you can. This is another place for you to do that. Punt returning has sort of become a lost art, right? It feels like, and even then I still think Austin Williams would be the primary guy because he's a guy you can trust to catch the ball and, and you don't have to worry about possession, you know, unless there's somebody in his face and a penalty that he isn't called. Well, Joe Moorhead had... I feel like he had kind of a mindset of just possess the ball. Oh, Mullen had that towards the end when, he went, when he went to Fred Ross. You know, he yeah. had Jamal Graham back there who was elusive and can make some plays, but he fumbled. Yeah. So he went to Fred Ross who just caught the ball. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where people have turned because coverage units have gotten Donald pretty Gray good. Was the same thing. Yeah, punters punters are, are pretty good now. At the punters have gotten so much better with the evolution of Cole's kicking and and all that stuff. So, you know, the the special teams are, are so good now, you just have to possess the ball. And uh, that's kind of where State's been with Austin Williams. I, I think Tulu is the, is the play. I think you get the ball in his hands whenever you can. And, you know, maybe they haven't, maybe they haven't felt good about him uh, catching the ball and haven't felt good about his hands. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he hasn't been on the field much to return punts. He's been out there on kicks, but not punts. So... Let's see what he can do. Get the ball in his hands as, mu- as much as you can because the guy's electric. We'll see where it takes us. Special teams is always something that, you know, I thought the first year of Leach, special teams were really good. The last year of Moorhead, they were really bad. Yes. Last year with Leach, they were really bad. Now you've made a move. You've moved Eric Malay over to that side of the ball. We'll see if it makes a change for Mississippi State. Scrimmage, uh, is it 1 o'clock or 11 o'clock? They sent out two different times. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll, we'll have, have to get clarification on that. We will try to get clarification on that, and we'll see where it takes us, and we'll let you know. Tomorrow's the rumblings. You know what to do. Send us the questions. We will answer them. 
and then I'm, I'm going to lock the tweet up this time because people got people started getting a little. You lock it up. People starting forgetting. Lock it up. Forgetting the rules. Do that, and then uh, yeah, Thursday show we'll preview the series with Ole Miss. Going to talk to our planning to talk with a guy who knows a thing or two about beating Ole Miss. Jake Mangum scheduled to join me on uh, Wednesday morning, so we'll have that interview on Thursday show as well. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.